I was the first person to jump off the stratosphere. What the fuck does that mean? Do you know the stratosphere in Vegas? I thought you meant the actual one on the on the Earth. No. <laughs> <laughs> you jumped off the stratosphere. Hundred percent. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month, when you purchase a three-month plan, more like, wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. We use Mint Mobile at the office, and we have been saving so much money since switching over, and setting up on Mint Mobile's website was super easy. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash bears. That's mintmobile.com slash bears. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bears. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 per month. New customers on first three months plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. New to Bears One Cave. Tom's getting his vasectomy reversed. I'm sitting with Louis C.K., who has a special streaming January 28th from Madison Square Garden in the round at louisck.com. It is so good to sit with a comedian that I don't have to carry his weight all day. Like, I have been <laughs> fucking carrying this guy for so long, Louis. You have no idea. The conversations are... It's like when you used to do an O&A. Do you remember doing O&A? Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and no one talked? <laughs> no, it was got weird sometimes, but it was... Right? Yeah, it was all right, though. I used yeah. to... Man, the hardest I've ever laughed. You are responsible for my hardest laughters ever. Literally oh, nice pulling a car over as they said, oh. like, literally... Driving to tennis. I used to drive to tennis right at the at the peak of ONA. Drive to what? Tennis. I used to play tennis every oh. day. With an old man that had I, You play tennis like professionally? No, no, no. I played with uh I used to play with this old man. Uh I wish I could remember his name. I think he was had the beginning stages of Alzheimer's, so he was horrible at I keeping think you score. The beginning stages of Alzheimer's. <laughs> you used to play tennis with an old man. Yeah. And you don't remember his name. It's very poetic, you know. Hmm an editor it was an editor you guys may need to edit his name out uh he he was he told me some very wise things we were they mm. i joined this country club and uh it was down by fox and i lived over in wilshire la brea okay. so every morning i get go I, I played one time and they go well perry was someone at your level right so i was like cool so i show yeah. up as a 70 year old dude and i'm like motherfucker <laughs> But they, he's probably real good, right? He was These guys that play their whole lives. They're really good. Well, he was as good as I was when I first started t- playing right. tennis again. And then as I got better, I I just like I had to slow my serve down. I had to because uh, I, I wanted to play. I, I wanted to burn calories. Yeah, I love playing tennis. I love, Do you really? So fun. I I really enjoy tennis. Yeah, it's great. I uh, I played. Do you ever see me play Tom? No, I destroyed him. Oh, I bet I destroyed him. I'm not surprised. I aced him, I think, around 27 times. Mm-hmm. And he, Tom's not very athletic. <laughs> no, I guess he's not, huh? No, he's a, he's like, a, do you ever remember in high school the guys that were like, oh, yeah, 
you think that's a sport? Put on some pads. I'll show you a sport. And you're like <laughs> hitting, throwing your body against another man is just not a, that's not the no. definition of sport. No, tennis is a sport. Tennis is a sport. It's just very satisfying because you get to hit every 10 seconds. You get to keep going. Yeah. Every game is like, like baseball is so frustrating because you only once every like, you know, hour get to hit, hit the ball. Did you play organized sports as a kid? Just as a kid, like little league baseball and football, I played Pop Warner, you know, football. Yeah, <laughs> back when. But, how many concussions do you think you've had? I don't know. Who knows? You know, I got I hit hard. I was big, so I used to, I was a lineman. Really? Yeah. I was, uh, I played seventh grade. They put me in as middle linebacker, mm-hmm. and I had no, I was not, it was, it was a private school. I was not good. I did not. I don't like confrontation. I don't like hitting people. No. First play, I intercepted a pass and ran it back to the one yard line. Whoa. And now all of a sudden I was the golden child. They're like, yeah. kids are natural. Right. And I played for two more years just getting concussed. You just never did that again. Never did it again. <laughs> never did it again. I remember, I remember uh, in practice one time, it was the, back when you could hit kids. Yeah. Uh, you can't hit kids anymore? <laughs> no. You mean when you kids could hit each other? You mean kids could hit each other? No, I got back when coaches could hit. Oh, you. when coaches yeah. could hit kids. I see. <laughs> when you but you put yourself in it. You said when you could hit kids. Yeah, yeah. When uh, I they I heard the offense. Yeah. In practice, say the play they're going to do. They're going to run a screen, oh. and I was like, "Oh, easy peasy. I'm going to pick this. this pick six it was right practice. now. <laughs> it's practice." Yeah. And I fucking intercepted and ran it back, and the coach. As I was doing my Enzo dance yeah. in practice, yeah. came up to me and just fucking right on the side of the helmet, whap, and that like my hair, wow. like, yeah, and he was like, "You knew the fucking play was coming." Wow, <laughs> and, and and yeah, it was. My, uh, my coach kicked me in the ass once, really, really hard, yeah, <laughs> because I was me, me and these other kids who we weren't playing, we never played because we sucked. Yeah, we were just taking our helmets and smushing them in the mud and just fucking, and he just ran up. And I just felt this foot hit my ass like really hard. And I had pads, but he still, he was a big man. Yeah. And I was 10. So. You were 10. Yeah. We were that, gen- I, I'm a little bit younger than you, not much. I'm 55. I'm 50. Yeah. So five, five years, years. You seem so much older to me when I, when I started. It's almost another generation. It that's is. That's pretty much, that's older. So I, I, yeah. So wait, so when did you play tennis? As an adult? No, with this old guy. Uh, when and you guys were doing over. O&A. When you, oh. when ONA was at its peak. So you belonged to a country club. Were you a rich guy growing up? Mm, kind of. <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing to say these days because people yeah. read into it differently. My dad was a lawyer yeah. and he was kind of like as successful as one could be as a lawyer. We lived in a pretty white trash neighborhood, but we mm. could pay the bills. Yeah. And then L. Ron Hubbard hired my dad. Really? Yeah. And uh, wow. my dad beat the church of Scientology in court and L Ron Hubbard said, anyone who can beat us is good enough for me. Put him on retainer. Yeah. So my dad worked for the church for, uh, we just called it the church, the church. That's what we called it. Yeah. Growing up. If they're paying the bills, they're the church. They are the church. So we bought a nice house Mm. in a new neighborhood. And then L Ron stiffed us. Didn't pay you. Didn't pay us. And so we had a big house with no furniture. And so my dad struggled to get like, to you know, keep everything afloat because it was like one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars for a house in in eighty, I guess in eighty-two probably. That's how he got him back. You yeah. got to get a retainer. He can't 
come after you anymore and then yeah. you never pay him never paid him it's fucking smart yeah and so uh little did he know i'd have lena leah remini on my show and trash the church <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he's dead he doesn't care yeah he's yeah well he's up in a spaceship somewhere is that right is that what he thinks i believe I, yeah. i'd do it i believe in it I, oh. i'm looking for something you are yeah well how do you mean that i would i like i would love to find christ yeah i would love that yeah make it a spaceship i'll take it too yeah but you're are you looking yeah like not you'd, you'd like to find something you'd like it yeah i'd like it to land on me like i wait i'm waiting for it yeah, with sobriety you're just waiting for so you're just waiting I'm, for sobriety i'm waiting for it i'm waiting for <laughs> that moment of clarity that everyone says it's happens gonna, it's gonna happen yeah yeah don't you don't wouldn't would you pay if they for could what? do a procedure where they make s- me religious yeah and then and then you believed you believed like your your father Hmm. transitioned right into uh orthodox well yeah my father uh well my father was raised catholic but his father was jewish yeah and so then he converted to become jewish because you have your mom has to be jewish okay or you're not so if your father's jewish and you want to and your mom's not and you want to be jewish you have to convert and he married a jewish woman much younger than him after my mom like how young and so he was like, uh, so he converted, got his dick snipped, oh. anything to fucking stick it in her. She was sexy. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that much about it. I was a kid. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he converted. And if you convert, you go be Orthodox. You're not going to convert to Judaism and then be like, ah, you know, I keep the holidays, but otherwise I don't really give a shit. Yeah, no. But uh, would I get an operation to make me believe? No, I wouldn't. For real? Yeah, I don't know. I have no problem not having a, a faith. So what, what do you think happens when you die? Uh, nothing. I mean, nothing. You, you'd return to oblivion. I just, to, had, I just had a little bit of a panic attack. Yeah, it's an upsetting thought because you can't, but it's incredible. I mean that it's, 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 it's a version of what you think uh, heaven I'm having is, panic I attacks think. right now. T- you telling me this, like the yeah, idea that there's just it's just nothing. Like I like I listen to a lot of history podcasts, yeah. and I get panic attacks when I think that when it was Rhodesia, I was nothing. Mm. Like when, back when when Zimbabwe was Rhodesia, yeah, I just didn't exist. No, you didn't exist at all, and it gives me panic. Yeah, but everything that makes you was here already. You know, you were in the works in a sense. You know, your parents existed or their parents existed yeah, and all of the molecules and everything in the world and the, and the swirl of, of, uh, of matter and consciousness was already here. You just joined it. You just joined it. And that, and then you're going to fall out of it again, but you're still, and then you're what you parts, all of you is going to, you got kids too. So, you know, you just, it's a, it's a trip. You get it. You get a shot at it. You get to borrow it. So but you, you're part of something that's always been here. There's never, there's no, you're part of the first living thing led to you, you know, and me. And um, what's her name? Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> <laughs> we all came from the same thing. I just, it would be I don't know. To me, it's just way so much bigger than me that I don't really think of it in terms of like, when does my life end? It's just like, I'm just sort of like in the, I'm in a crowd shot. You know what I mean? No. Like in a movie, like a big crowd I got a, shot? I got a tight, Louie. What? I got a tight. It's a, my single. Oh, you're in a tight, you're in a one? Oh, it's a, a crowd shot, but they're, they got a single on me. <laughs> yeah. Like fucking. 
Yeah, I was watching a movie called uh, something Jack, Time Jack, Time. It's with Emilio Estevez and Mick Jagger's in it. Oh, I know Uh, what you're talking about. Free Jack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's a shot in Free Jack where, so Emilio Estevez has a car accident. He's in a a race. He's racing. Mm -hmm. And his girlfriend or his wife is in the stands. And he has an accident. He dies in front of everybody. And there's a, it's called a snap zoom snap zoom into her face like another they take the zoom off of the electronic and they just so it goes into her face and she screams but if you look at the if you freeze it like one frame before it snaps yeah you see she's kind of just standing there (laughs) and i think emilio estevez is in the shot like he's there's there it's a crowd shot yeah everyone's just kind of hanging around (laughs) and then she goes ah and they snap zoom so like the one frame before you see everyone's relaxed and i think there's people in the yeah that's the movie I think Emilio Estevez is actually in the shot, but anyway. So that's what you're saying. You you you're in a crowd, but you want you you're seeing it from. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like I uh yeah. I don't. I I have a hard time. I, do, I mean, don't you feel a little bit like uh, I don't know? Don't you feel like you're special? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's I you. did it's when you. I was a kid. I did. Yeah, I still feel. Well, when I was, you still feel like that. that. Yeah, I see that. (laughs) I see that. And it's a double-edged sword because I think you feel special. You glow as a person. You glow because you're special, but you're also terrified. I'm terrified. Yeah. That's what comes with being special. If you could get a little more into the mud and just feel more like a nothing. I I couldn't do that. It sounds so scary. I think about, I think about a lot. I, I listen to a ton of history podcasts. Yeah. And so, so that's what I sleep to. And mm-hmm. so I had a dream. We were, they were talking about the great war, the world war one. Mm. And they were explaining, uh, the trench technology and, and how they'd be like, all right, everyone go. Right. With a whistle. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I think about that a lot when I like Gallipoli, ever seen that movie? Gallipoli is no. a great world war one movie. And it's just about that. Cause they just, they were in the wrong spot. It's about the Australian troops and the English troops were like, put, you know, let them do it. And they made them charge. But there was no, there was just this machine gun just waiting. There was no chance. No chance. But they kept going. And you couldn't. Over the top. Yeah, and you couldn't just say, but I don't want to die. No, you get shot later. That, I mean, it's. It buys you, saying no buys you about a week. Because you get yeah, put on trial. Yeah. And you get shot. At, with a post, but you got a bunch of. Sh- I mean, I wouldn't go because you get a bunch of chances to escape. You get a chance to talk, to explain yourself. Oh, I, I will. It may not work out, but this this is definitely not going to work out. That definitely doesn't work out. But might as well roll your dice. I was watching a movie called Racing with the Moon. Mm. It was with Sean Penn, Nicholas yeah, Cage, I remember that. Yeah. and Dana Carvey. It was because Dana Carvey was coming on the show. Yeah. And I remember watching it as a kid, and I watched a little clips online. That's like the really diligent research you went. You had well, Dana Carvey on, so you watched Racing with the Moon. It's not that diligent. I was obsessed with Racing with the Moon with Sean Penn's haircut as a kid. Oh, and yeah. And so yeah. Cool. when I like, saw that he was in Racing with the Moon, I went, fucking Racing yeah. with the Moon. I love that. Yeah. I didn't realize the storyline in it. I didn't, mm. as a kid, I didn't, I had no concept of of uh, of what the draft really was. Yeah. And so it's a story about these two kids that get drafted for World War II. Yeah. And they're about to go, but they're trying to get memories before they go because they're afraid they're going to die. Right, and there's a just a scene of Sean Penn walking down railroad tracks, and as an adult, I saw that very differently as then as a child. And I went, mm. just keep walking, 
Right. The fuck are you doing? Yeah, I don't know where that comes from. That kind of like, uh, well, I guess I got to do it. You know, yes, sir. It's a culture or something. I don't fucking know. Uh, yeah. What well, makes it's a guy like, do that? What well, makes a guy fucking do that? Look at like, uh, like I, I do. You, you, ever, do you, ever, you don't strike me as someone who would listen to a lot of David Goggins or Jocko Wilnink. <laughs> <laughs> I don't strike you that way. No? I don't strike you. No, because. I don't you, know who those people are. So no. Okay. <laughs> no. David Goggins. Oh, dude. Oh, no. Military. He's uh, friends with Rogan. And so he like runs a hundred miles a day and he's like, he's all about, it's like very inspirational, yeah. but it's not, and I've always tried to say this the right way. It's not slick enough to be, he's, he's not slick enough to try to sell it to you. He just happens to be selling it to you. Does that make sense? No. He's not Tony Robbins. Oh. He's not up there. Like, uh, let, let me get inside you. Right. Okay. He just is like. He's, he's just, like, he's just a magnetic or influential. He's just, or? No, he's just, he just, it's, it's so coming from the center of his chest. Like, like, oh. don't be a fucking pussy. Bitches, stop running. Don't be a bitch. Just run. Like that's David Goggins. Okay. Who's going to carry the boats? Who's going to carry the boats? Like he just is, he got, he had that switch that we were talking about with religion, yeah. but it happened for him about life transformation and discipline. <clears throat> and oh, so, that's so he's him. the guy. Uh, that's what he looked like before or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And he's like, he, but he's. It feels like it's hard to be that guy. I think it would be really hard. Yeah. I mean, you can get, anyone could be that guy. You just choose which thing you're going to fucking torture yourself with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you could be that guy, but that's hard to be that guy. And then you're like this all the time. Oh, it's not. And then yeah. you die. It's not like you do that and then you break through to some infinite <laughs> perfection. You just do this and then you fucking. Uh, you die. And then you die. Is your beer fridge feeling a little empty? DoorDash is your door to beer without the run. Whatever drink you're in the mood for, they've got you. Order your alcohol with DoorDash today and drink in the savings. Use code BEARS24 to get 25% off, up to $15 value on a $35 minimum subtotal on your next alcohol order for eligible users only. I mean, there's like sometimes you just don't want to leave. That's me. Once we're at a spot and we're hanging out, I just don't want to leave. And now you don't have to. The alcohol selection on DoorDash is top shelf. Beer, wine, mixers, mocktails, and more can be delivered straight to your door. Save up to 25%, up to $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code BEARS24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening any evening. Terms apply, must be 21 or older to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. Hello, I'm Johnny Knoxville. And I'm Elna Baker. And we have a new podcast. It's called Pretty Sure I Can Fly. Yep, we've teamed up with my friends and barmates from Smartless to create a podcast where we talk to folks who have more balls in a bowling alley. People who accomplish something extraordinary despite people telling them that it couldn't or shouldn't be done. You'll hear stories about the Air Force doctor who buckled into a 600-mile-per-hour rocket sled and became the fastest man on the planet. And a man who wrestles alligators and sharks for fun. Do not do this. <laughs> You'll hear about a foul-mouthed moonshiner. Got a two-inch dick and a six-inch tongue and knows how to use both of them. <laughs> and an even more foul-mouthed female stunt pilot. We got bull riders. Balloonists. Bobsledders. And big wave surfers. People who lay their balls on an anvil and hand the other fellow the hammer. Okay. I bet you've actually done that, Johnny. Maybe for sweeps. 
Follow Pretty Sure I Can Fly on the Wondery app. Or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Pretty Sure I Can Fly early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. It's really short. Life. It's so short. <laughs> it's so short. It's. Do you feel like you're, do you, do you sometimes wake up and you go, I'm halfway done? Yeah, I'm way more. I mean, I'm 55. That's more than half. I'm not going to make, I'm I'm gonna make 110. <laughs> Who, I'm not headed to 110. How old do you think you're going to be? He's not either. That's not 110 years. You don't make 100. You have to be like, you know, the a little Indian guy that eats the string that comes out your asshole. You know those guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have yeah. to be that guy. That, that guy can make 110. Yeah. It, slow your heart rate down and sit and, you know. Dude, it has that to sucks be, too. Who wants to be that? I don't want to be that, you know. I do. Do you? I want to be the last one. You want to be the last what person? Last ever? person I know. That really? That's yeah. so sad. I know. Like my mom died um, four years ago now. Shit. Seems like recent, you know. Yeah. But I thought that's it. I suffered the difficult death. You know, it's my mom. I'm alone now. And now I go through life alone with me and my generation and we'll just go through life. But now I'm looking at my friends, my dear friends, and I'm like, I'm going to watch that guy die. I'm either going to die sadly young or I'm going to watch all my fucking friends die. That's horrible. Like, I don't want to find out that you die. I mean, that, that might happen soon. Okay, there's no. no. These, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shock everyone. I think everyone's going to go, shut the fuck up. I'm uh-huh. gonna, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to be at my wife's funeral and everyone's going to go, should have been him. <laughs> How old is your wife? Old. Oh, yeah? No, Older than no, you? 52. Oh, she's 52. Okay. Yeah. It's but, good. You're going through life together. Yeah. Well, she's a couple steps ahead of me, but yeah. Yeah. And she. I get to watch her age. Yes. And she's going through menopause. Yeah. Sure. That's a fucking treat. Yeah, sure. That's rough. And so I, I don't know. Okay. The, okay. Okay. I mean, I, I think this is probably a narcissistic thing to say, but don't you, when s- someone dies, like I remember the first person I knew that died, mm. his name was Scott, and we were in uh, college and he got hit by a car. And I, Shit. Yeah. And right on in front of the bar we were all at. And was he drunk? Yeah. Mm. He was. And we used to cross the street, just run across the street. Mm. And he just went, turned, run across the street and a car hit him. And that was it? And I remember thinking but I'm, I'm still here. Like, that's crazy that he's gone and I'm here. Yeah. It's fucking weird. It's almost like in a weird way, like a schadenfreude. Of, schadenfreude. That's it. Where like people die, but then you stay. Yeah. And you're like, fuck. So I guess I always live. <laughs> right. Right. Because you have lived. Yeah. And I keep, I keep missing it. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah, but it's like so I every time someone say, dies, I go another one, man. Right. So every time somebody dies, it's it's really about your survival. It's really just another sign that you're never going to die. That, <laughs> that's I don't think that's narcissistic. It's it's just retarded. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's just. <laughs> no, he died, and I'm here. Mark he it down. Special. It's another one. It's another one. <laughs> I I knew a guy. There was a comic I op- I worked with in uh, Seattle. I opened for him, I think. And his name, I don't remember his name, but he had a moniker. He was the 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 uh, the non-PC comic, the anti-politically correct comic. And it was way, this is the 90s. This, this is before yeah. <clears throat> any of this stuff. This is when politically correct people were still saying the N-word. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, was, that was still like, well, you know, it's, they are. But... Uh, but so this guy, his whole thing was about being, so he said, how many, I remember he would say, 
he was funny I, and I liked him. He was a really nice guy yeah. I, in case he exists still. I don't know, but, but, um, but he, I did, I liked him, but he had this one funny moment where he got a laugh that I don't think he understood why he was getting a laugh. He would say, uh, how many of you people here, you know, they make us wear seatbelts. How many of you grew, grew up in a, in your parents' car, never wore a seatbelt and none of us are dead. <laughs> and people would laugh because that's not proof that seatbelts <laughs> aren't important yeah (laughs) there's the people that died aren't here to raise their hands you know what i mean they're not here to so yeah you haven't died yet but but that's because there's no because it's just you haven't died yet that's not evidence of anything i actually am closer to not believing in death than i am believing in religion wow i understand that i understand the idea of like that's not gonna happen to me but you will get when you get older that you start, I had a bunch of things I thought, that's not going to happen to me. That's not going to happen to me. That's, And then you go, oh, yeah, they all, all happens. I thought I wouldn't have glasses. Oh, know? I thought I would never have glasses. Yeah, I of have, course you I just will. found my glasses. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought I would never, like, I, I, uh, I, I, I remember thinking, I remember the first time I found out my blood pressure was high. Yeah. And I was like, God, oh, you got to do it again. Right. No, you're going to get higher blood pressure. You're going to get, your veins are going to clog up. Oh, and your joints are going to start stiffening. This hurts. And oh, this hurts. Mine hurts too. Yeah, this is all day. Really? Yeah. yeah. Why? Don't know. Are we just going to be those old men? Yeah. That their thumbs, nothing, nothing and there's no more muscle here, and it just the thumb sticks out yeah, like that. Yeah, it's just going to be an appendage. I do. I think we have like we're like the last of the thumb people. So because humans don't need their hands anymore. Yeah, you're kind of right. You know, we just I mean, we need these. So then what's the thing that makes you not worry about death? Like, what do you do to, to not think about that? I mean, I don't do anything. I don't, I don't, I do. It, scare, it scares me sometimes. Do you go to the doctor a lot? No, no, almost never. <laughs> I almost never go to the doctor. <laughs> I months. call the doctor. I try to get him to, you know, like if I have a, a sinus infection or something, yeah. I call him, I say, please just give me a script of something. And, and he says, you got to come in. You got to see it. You know? Yeah. But I don't ever go i did that for xanax i called up my doctor and i was like yeah, yeah. i was like hey my xanax is out and then like, she, you take it uh never really i take it to sleep like once every few uh, weeks this is a secret time but i take it when i'm coming off the road partying uh-huh. like really partying mm-hmm. i'll take it my first sober night my first sober night i'll take half a xanax Shit. and then that staves off the the bad night sleep and then you get the next day you feel really great yeah. and then you go i don't need to drink i feel fucking awesome and then then you don't drink that night and how long do you stay sober for? I don't know. Chunks. Now, it's, yeah. as I'm getting older, big chunks. Yeah. Because I, 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 for the first time, I'm not rebounding like I used to. Like I used to be. I mean, I notoriously could wake up hungover and run a marathon. Did it. Yeah. I actually did it. And so, but now I, for the first time, I'm going like, it does feel a little better to get some good sleep. <laughs> for a guy who's afraid of death. You're just running towards it, baby. <laughs> You're just asking for it. Clip that out and play it at my funeral. I'm going to have a sizzle reel play at my funeral. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> I don't want to find out that you died. I, you have something weirdly masochistic about you, you know? What, what's that mean? Well, I remember the first time I met you, you told me about this show you used to have called Hurt Bert. Yeah. And I, it was really bewildering to me. I've, I've, my, I'm bewildering to myself. Because you were doing stuff that, that was pain, physically painful. And you didn't like doing it. It was it. it hurt. Yeah, I hated it. And then I did a show, I did a show called Birth Conqueror where I did extreme activities like jumping off the stratosphere and stuff, and I hated that. 
What do you mean jumping off the stratosphere? I was the first person to jump off the stratosphere. What the fuck does that mean? Do you know the stratosphere in Vegas? No, I thought you meant the actual one on the on the Earth. No. <laughs> <laughs> you jumped off the stratosphere. Yeah, no, I jumped. What's the, the stratosphere? It's a it's a hundred and eleven story building in Vegas. Oh, and so we take an elevator to the top. You go off to the ledge and you jump off it in a controlled descent. And so they got a line that tethers you, and you. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I we I was in uh, New Zealand, and my assistant did that. Yeah, it's the, weird to watch somebody do that. Yeah, it's a bizarre. Ah, and then they're right here in front of you. Yeah, they were like, "You're the first person," and then I was like, "Oh," and the, but we had to do interviews for TV. Yeah, and then they're like, "Why don't you interview her?" It was this Vietnamese lady, it's like just dead inside, like like no emotion on her face yeah and she's dressed in a jumpsuit and i said hey why am i interviewing her and they go she's jumped off before but i go but i thought i was the first one they're like no they had to test it so she was the tester so i asked her i said what do do you mean you you jumped off this she goes a hundred dollars my son's in prison it goes to his commissary they give me a hundred dollars to at lunch I just jump so five times. So you mean times. people that test that kind of thing aren't like test pilot no. guys. They're just like de- fucking desperate people. people Let's find that, somebody who just it was people do that worked, anything for $100. Per, people that worked at the casino, she was like, she'd sweep up and clean out ashtrays. And they walked to her guy. They said, go find somebody. Yeah. And so she was like, I'll do it. So at lunch, she just jumped, get in the elevator, jump, oh, get in the elevator, horrible. jump. And, just, and so she makes money. Her son was in prison, she told me. And she put money towards his commissary. And make extra money, $100 every jump. So he could buy a little bit more heroin from somebody's anus. <laughs> Probably. Fuck. And I told her, I and and then I said. Boy, that's really life, isn't it, right there? What she's experiencing, that's life. She's in the wide shot. Yes, but for her, that's a really that's a really sad tight shot. You put fucking punch in on her. I see, I don't, I feel, I don't think she's in the wide shot. I think she's in the wide shot. And it she breaks, has, it breaks she my heart a, she doesn't have a solo. She has a much more interesting story than either of us oh i think so i would that's fucking that is boy that is tough it's you're already you're like cleaning cigarette butts in vegas yeah and someone's like you want to jump off that for a hundred dollars to give it to your son who can't even spend it except on and then she would just get in the elevator and go up eat a sandwich going up in the elevator yeah get to the ledge no emotion jump i watched her jump Mm. just jump and then when I jumped, well, how many times did she need to test it? They keep- they they, t- they tested it all day long. They were testing oh. it because they they were they were opening the ride, so they start with water. The other dumbers. thing is they chose her because she's worth she's okay to lose by their. In other words, they pick somebody who they're like, who can we have jump that if she dies, it's okay. I think I think probably someone who doesn't have a big uh, legal team behind them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They start with water dummies. They were doing throwing water dummies off, and Jeez, they were right exploding after the in the uh, on oh. the ground. And they're like tighter, oh. tighter. And then they were like, "I think we got it dialed in." Ming, oh. get in the they elevator. Didn't start. With, they didn't even put a dog between her and the <laughs> uh, like a the fucking. Dog. Oh, there's the notorious one. Of, you got to kill a few dogs before you try a person. <laughs> you got to kill at least one dog before you try a person. Yeah, I would. I would definitely. A or champ. here, the other option is don't have the fucking stupid thing. It like, makes good money you, for them. That's you never think of that when you see those. It's like, well, it's perfectly safe. That's what everybody says, you know. But it's perfectly safe because they tested it. They risked somebody's life for that. Yeah. 
But because it, it makes money. It makes money, and and it and it is a memory. You go to Vegas, it's a memory. Here's the thing: mm. I used to think, I used to think they tested it. It's got to be safe until yeah. they did the they did a, a slide in Kansas City that yeah. uh, it decapitated a child. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. They showed the slide. What did he do wrong? It must have done something wrong, right? Oh no, he was. Uh, I he mean, was, did he do? Did he? Did he sit up when he was like? How did he get no. decapitated? So. This ride was fl- flawed in that they made the ride and they were like, what is it? It'll be, you, you sit in a slide yeah. and like in a, in like a thing and you'd go down and the whole point was you go down so fast that as you hit the thing, you'd catch a little air. Oh, yeah. What they didn't anticipate was how fat Americans were. Oh yeah. And so then they were like, well, fuck, we can't just run this ride and just go next. We got to weigh people and f- cause we're in Kansas city. Right. So we can theoretically, no joke, we could probably put a ton of people in this thing, like legit. Yeah. And if we do, you go fucking flying off this thing. Yeah. So they had to measure it, and I guess they just didn't measure it right. They tried. They would. They would. They would How put you with a child. Come off. They would put your his. So there's a net above it. There's a net because people were flying. It was it was flying off the and fucking ride. In the net. I guess. I think. Oh. I wasn't there, but that was the. They would put kids on. So like when I did it, they're like, "Well, you're." Two two fifty, put two little girls with him. So it was me and two little girls, oh. and then so that you, was the right you could never do it with your fucking friends. No, because you were like, oh, put me this child child with me. So that kid's head got cut off. You know and what they, that means? That the kid's head came off it means you're never gonna die, Bert. <laughs> so that's just another sign. It makes me feel like that. I'm having a tic tac. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, um, I noticed this on the tic tac this morning. By the way, on the box, look at this. See, there's a little guy. Yeah. He's a little Tic Tac, and he's a oh, DJ. On see? top of a Tic Tac with two Yeah, see, and it, I, I'm fascinated by this because that somebody did this. Like, somebody worked this out. Do you know what I mean? Like, somebody, there's somebody that, whose job that was. is like a, a creative job to make this little Tic Tac guy. And they have this much space to advertise. They have a very little space. You know, so it's very small. Like, you would never look at that, right? I would never notice it. But somebody saying, like, hey, if we put this guy in there, folks might like him and want to buy Tic Tacs. You're not going to be, you're not going to see that on the shelf and go, like, but oh, if you buy Tic Tacs and you, you're going to, you're going to go, I liked that little guy. I want to see him again. I would never notice it. And not, nor also, would Also, there's a contest if you scan the bark of the code. Is it a DJ? There's a contest for being a DJ. It says for chance for a chance to win prizes. Here, what happens? And also, Tic Tacs has Facebook and Instagram, and they tweet also. It's not. Oh, here we go. What is the contest? Please wait. We're loading. Everyone's allowing cookies these days. You ever notice that? What do you mean? Everyone's like, do you accept our cookies? And you're like, I guess so. Or I can't find out what this contest is. It's a word search. Oh, forget it. Yeah. I mean, I just remember when Tic Tacs were, uh, do you remember the commercials they had? I mean, you were five years younger than me, but there was, speaking of close-ups, it was a close-up of a very beautiful woman. Yeah. It's very intimate. She's talking right into your face and she's just talking about Tic Tacs and she's putting one in her mouth. And she's talking about them like this. And I, it made me like buzz as a kid. Really? Yeah, I like them still because of that lady. She's really? beautiful. Look at her. Look at her eyes. Oh, wow. 
She was beautiful. And she would, yeah, that's the one, really. That's the one. Look at her eyes. She had perfect eyes. And she was right. I just remember her being right into lens. I've got a confession to make. I've always loved the freshness that. of tic I mean, she's just so beguiling. Along, I don't remember her walking around like that. Give up some of that freshness to get She's dressed calories. like a savage. Now what? She's got like a macrame top on. Sugar yeah. Sugar-free mints aren't lower in calories. Look at, they oh. have seven. And then they have five calories mints. per mint. Yeah. And a Tic Tac has just Try one that. and a half. Tic Tac. So I'm staying with so Tic Tac because to get fewer calories, and those are real teeth. I don't have to give up taste or freshness. That's the impressive thing when you see I women that are hot. Were hot back then. Yeah, so that was all real. That's right. Melissa McGovern, fucking hot. That's right. For real. Yep, had to be real. Uh, Wonder Woman was my thing. I loved Wonder Woman. And Linda then the Lavin was that her name? No, uh, no. Why did I think that? Uh, Linda, 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 Linda Carter, Linda Carter, and she was married to a like a congressman who had a big scandal. Like he got thrown out of Congress for some reason. She was, she and, was gorgeous. And yeah. Adversely, I went to a dominatrix once for a TV show. Mm. Oh, for a TV show. And because show. I was into one, there's there's these things that you see as a child imprint on you sexually. Of course they do. And yeah. so that's why I like like seeing people get tied up. Yeah, I had a Wonder Woman fantasy. I had a heart. My wife one time got a Wonder Woman costume and thought, you know, he's into Wonder Woman. I was like, you're ruining it <laughs> yeah i know you have to be wonder woman it was her yeah <laughs> you can't be the outfit you can't be you know Jen. and then uh and then a year later my daughter dressed as wonder woman for for halloween oh, and it was no. awkward yeah. <laughs> leanne's yeah. like oh great <laughs> <laughs> yeah she was that was what that she was perfection i wonder what yeah. a six looks like in the 70s a six in the 70s i don't know I mean, I liked uh, the Bionic Woman more. I was into her. Wait, who was the Bionic? I know the Bionic Man. The Bionic Woman was a show that came on after. It was a spinoff. Really? Jamie Summers was the character name. But if you see, yeah, she was beautiful. That's my kind of gal. Oh, I do remember her. Yeah, she was really something. She had a haircut that looked like she knew how to read. Yeah, exactly. She was kind of cool. And she, had a, she was sort of understated. Yeah, she was hot as hell. Do you remember when, do you remember when Bigfoot met up with the Bionic Man? No, I don't remember that. For real? Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, I loved that show, but I don't remember. Do you remember? That. Do you remember? I'm trying to think. I guess five years is a lot when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Meaning the stuff that we remember as kids. Yeah. Like I remember Wonder, uh, uh, Nature Boy and Bigfoot. That I don't. Oh, God, look at that guy. Yeah, Bionic. Well, I remember I watched it with my mom once and she ruined it because she explained why it's impossible this idea of bionic limbs. Cause like you know, you know, he's got or a bionic arm and yeah. he's lifting a car, and she's like, his limb would just come all, just tear <laughs> off his body. Yeah, like you need leverage. You can't just have because it's it's connected to flesh. Yeah, and it would just come, it would just come clean off. You yeah. Know? Oh, but Couldn't but there that. is the but I remember during this time, there was a garage door mm. that someone was closing a garage door uh, in our neighborhood, and there was a kid under the garage door yeah and i and i saw it and i stopped the garage door as like a first uh-huh. grader yeah and realized it wasn't all that difficult to stop a garage door right but i thought shit i wonder if i just tapped into something well that's the incredible hulk thing it's another 70s thing the incredible yeah. hulk thing was that he found out that people when they were angry and upset they could do miraculous things yeah and so he tapped into that and found but he turned himself green and it went overboard those shows are so interesting. I, I was watching my, my father-in-law's here and he is watching a lot of, um, what was the show last night that, that was on that I, that I went. So this is, so every premise in sitcoms in the seventies was 
a simple misunderstanding that turned into a 22 minute story yeah, yeah it was never there was never anything that fucking deep no no they were just weird premise so yeah. like whose cookies are these and they're like oh i don't know yeah and it turns out those cookies were made for the big bake sale that's right and, and he ate one and now he has to find now a he's way, to find a way. yeah well yeah, i hate I, those shows made me anxious they made me very anxious when yeah. i was a kid because of that because of the oh no i hated lucy i loved lucy carmichael but i mean lucy uh, lucille ball yeah. but i hated the show because it was like oh no now they're gonna find out that the thing and it was this tight upsetting and it, as a kid it made me like i pee my pants when i watched sitcoms it was it was, it it was about her wanting to be famous yes always her wanting point. to be famous yes the, but she was it was stupid it was like you're famous yeah you're on television <laughs> The quicksand, I was obsessed. Speaking of transitioning into, yeah, uh, quick, I I got into quicksand porn for a second. Quicksand porn, have you ever seen quicksand no. porn? Well, so quicksand, so during this time with this dominatrix, she explained to me this this whole thing of like, oh, yeah, you like Wonder Woman, or you might like this video, show me a video. And I was like, whoa, yeah. that fucking hit me. She went, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm there's, wait, how old are you? I'm 50. no, that's she said to me, and I said, <laughs> yeah, I'm a good actor, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, that's not quicksand porn. No. Okay, hey, Jen's yeah. in here, Paulston. Yeah, this is. Well, this I know, but we, you don't have to Google it. So, um, so quicksand was a big. So this is like a whole genre that people are into. Okay, so they're called sinkers. And sinkers? Yeah, the people that are into quicksand porn. And it's basically a woman getting stuck in quicksand. Yeah. And then, and this is what turns them on. And what it is turns on the woman, turns on the dude. I'm dude watching. I'm assuming it's a dude. Okay. And so, the best. I mean, I can. I like. I've watched enough of it that I can tell you what the good part is. is this actress like worried that. The, I mean, how under control is this? You know, is that real quicksand? It looks like it is. I would be concerned. I mean, her skirt is dead. First of all, this is the best Whoa. part of it. That when she goes, oh, maybe it's these clothes that are. Yeah, maybe I got to take off my top. Yeah, maybe I got to take off my top. That's the problem with this oh, quicksand. And then she's just getting herself oh. deeper and deeper. Oh, like the best part's coming up. It's when their boobs hit the mud. That's the best part. That's crazy. Yeah. Said, God damn it. Maybe oh, that oh, I shirt the was goddamn the, oh, shirt. No. Oh, she was going to try to use the shirt oh, yeah. as a... Oh, shit. So get rid of this stupid top. Let maybe I can... No, that would really oh. make a difference if I didn't oh. have it. As a director, are you already bothered by the lighting? Well, it's sun. Sun is yeah. always ugly. Okay. You, you put something over the... You, this you, is you the do best it on part. A, you're doing a cloudy day, you get a nice, this diffused light. This is light. the best part of the quicksand porn. I'm not right here. And I'm sorry, Jen, you had to be in this room for this. But this is the best part she of the She didn't have to be in the room oh, for this. God. We could have waited. But what? Yeah. This is the best part. Yeah. Some people deeper. argue it's when their head goes under, but... This is the best. This is the best part. The the tits go. Yeah, yeah, right there. That that, I mean, you might as well hit pause. So there's no dudes in the movie. No, 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 no. Sometimes a guy will come rescue them and then fuck them. Right. But uh, mostly it's just girls. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, by the way, she's she's really in quicksand. Like she's like six feet into quicksand. Oh my god. She kind of fucks it up at the end. Yeah. Oh, well, at least they're definitely 18 years old. <laughs> so yeah. it's not like there's anything wrong with watching that. So this is a, this is a trigger for some dudes. And I'll tell you why. Uh, 
Cleopatra. Tell me why. There was a movie. Yeah. In the 50s called, I want to say Cleopatra, Queen of the Nile or something. And they used quicksand as a device, as a plot. Used to be a big thing in movies, quicksand. Because of this one movie. This one movie. Really? Nefertiti. Is that what it was? Nefertiti, Queen of the Nile. Nefertiti, Queen of the Nile, used quicksand as a plot device, and it was the biggest blockbuster of the summer. So, and and, and they started, at that point, they were branching out making television shows in L.A., and they were like, they're all hacks, and they're like, quicksand. Quicksand. So if you remember, Abbott and Costello always ran into quicksand. Yes, they, they were did. quicksand was in every country. Like you'd be, he'd be riding his horse and he'd get off and get stuck in quicksand. Everyone yeah. got stuck in quicksand. But did the Abbott, main did anybody jack off to Abbott and Costello? Well, no, it was quicksand? it was never Abbott and Costello getting quicksand. It was the woman getting caught in quicksand. Oh, I see. So then all of a sudden, there's a bunch of probably sixty two year old dudes. Yeah, who they're only bit of porn they got to see mm. was a chick getting put in quicksand wow yeah pretty interesting yeah i mean i get it i get those look see look at her yeah i get i don't know it's something uh, about somebody being enclosed and and it's like a i get it it's like a woman inside of a, of a pussy or something you know? maybe yeah sort of kind that. of yeah i uh i definitely i definitely get it i get it <laughs> <laughs> I've watched a lot of it. I get it. I've gotten into some fucking some holes on these where, yeah. I, where I get it too much. Right? Yeah, yeah. But then I then I saw a dude actually get caught in quicksand. I can't find the clip in real life. No, yeah. no. My my fucking buddy, my buddy John Mans, my cameraman. His brother got caught in real quicksand as a kid, and it crushes you. Like it, you die. Yeah. It's not this dude. This dude in England, Louis. He was doing a thing for his TV show. And he goes, all right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not good with accents. But he's like, mm-hmm. it's going to get me, me legs stuck in quicksand a little bit. So mm-hmm. here we go. All right. Now, luckily we got experts around here. Mm-hmm. They can shoot in there, pull me out. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Here we go. And he starts going. And he goes, ah, and this is getting tight. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I can't really feel my toes. Is that bad? Should I worry about that? Okay. They're saying this is deep enough. And then the guy proceeds to sink. Oh no! And they can't get him the fuck out. Oh no! And I'm watching like ah. Oh no! It is, and you can see him panicking. And he's like, "No, come on, someone get me out now! Get it! Someone call someone!" Him. And it is. What happens? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> you don't remember? If I think they get him out. Right? But he like, yeah. Die? He doesn't right? die on his face is a death. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, that was how far back we used to watch things like that, Faces of Death. Do you get attacked by an alligator? Do you I, I don't that? think I ever saw it. Really? Yeah, I remember everybody talking about it. But I had a ba- I had a feeling I shouldn't watch it as a young fellow. Was that, your that childhood? Was, that it would change me in a way I didn't want to feel. Yeah. And uh, so I avoided it. I mean, later when YouTube happened, I watched all the beheadings in Syria. I watched every fucking possible horrible I had a bit about the beheadings. Really? From watching the videos about how dumb you look when they hold you your head, the head up and you're like, dude, like <laughs> you just look stupid, you know? Um, yeah, man, that's fucked up stuff. I mean, I watched the worst thing I ever saw, the, the last thing I ever saw like that. It's yeah. the one that made me go, stop doing this. Somebody took the footage from Columbine and the, the security cam footage. And they put sound on it from like cell phones that were on and stuff. And, the, and there's like a full fucking, you see the whole thing. And it's really, 
I, I, that's the last thing I watched like that. And I was like, I can't do this ever again. I have a, yeah, I, I don't, I have a hard, I have a real disconnect with stuff like, like big stuff like that. Yeah. Right. What do you mean? Dis, like what big stuff? Like, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I just have a disconnect. Like I have a joke in my new special that's kind of about school shootings. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I'm almost like a oblivious. It's like, you ever meet those people that swim out in the ocean and they swim miles and miles and then yeah. like, and I go, aren't you worried about sharks? And like, I don't think about it. That's how I feel about like, like, uh, comedy and and like bad things where i just go oh, oh yeah, yeah i don't I think about it mean. I, don't, I don't see it the way they see it i don't think about it that way either because that's the the what we're doing yeah it's not it wouldn't make any sense to it doesn't make sense i've it's seen like people that it makes sense to where they go where they go who aren't you worried and well it's like, like going up to somebody who's a dive a diver who jumps off a diving board yeah. like for the olympics and you go uh you, you're gonna get wet in that pool like don't you want to don't you want to be careful not to jump to fall off that diving board? Like it doesn't, you're off, you're fucking jumping. It's what you're doing. Yeah. That's what you're doing. And I, and I regret, there's yeah. no risk because that's the whole show is a, is a exercise in fucking around with words and ideas and saying things you're not supposed to say. The hardest I've ever, the hardest I've ever laughed, ever laughed. Yeah ever and i can i can pinpoint it now i've had i've had real long hard laughs but like where people's words i heard people's words and they made me laugh it was you and patrice with the oh. etymology of uh yeah that that's so the funny. hardest I've, i i can tell you <laughs> where i was it was i pulled over mm-hmm. i pulled over I, I can tell you my car i can tell you everything about that moment and i did I not only did I laugh, but I looked around an empty car. Like, did, yeah, did anyone else just witness? <laughs> and it's and you and it's buttoned by Patrice's loud cackle. His of a laugh. laughing off the mic. His laugh so much. He, yeah, I remember that moment. That's like a moment I remember. There's some things I've done in in my life that I don't, I can't actually conjure it. Buying someone jewelry is usually a great experience all around. They get a beautiful gift and you get the unforgettable moment of seeing the look on their face when they open it. The only tricky part, figuring out how to get the perfect piece at the best price. This is what I recommend for any jewelry purchase. Source it from BlueNile.com. Blue Nile offers thousands of independently graded diamonds and fine jewelry at prices significantly below traditional retail. They also offer a peace of mind with every purchase with some of the highest quality standards in the industry. They're available 24-7 by phone or chat to answer technical questions and give recommendations for every budget. The thing about buying jewelry is you really don't know what you're getting into. You don't know what you're looking at often. And the great thing about working with Blue Nile is you have somebody who's a true expert that can help guide you along the way so you don't feel lost, so you know what these diamond grades are, you know you're getting real value. You can feel great about your purchase because Blue Nile also offers a diamond price match guarantee. And just in case you don't, they offer 30-day returns. Shop Blue Nile today and experience the ease and convenience of the original online jeweler. Go to BlueNile.com today. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
But I remember sitting there and watching him. And the thing is that Patrice was such a master. He's one. I think he could have been the best comedian that ever lived. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had just cracked the code on his own standup. But he also was tough and he was like impenetrable. Like a few times that I fucked around with joking with him, he would destroy me every time. Yeah. And the thing that happened was he was talking about the etymology 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 of the word and how it came from Keikel. Uh, it's the Yiddish for circle. Yeah. And that in, in uh, Ellis Island, if you couldn't write, if you were illiterate, you'd sign with an X. But the 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 poverty stricken Jews that were illiterate, they would make a circle, a keikel. Yeah. And that's right. So he was saying this really sincerely. Like he was telling the story. Saying it sincerely, but with a little bit of a he looked little, a little, little you're Jewish. But he was looking a little vulnerable when he said Oh, it. for real? Like a little like this is how, how wire came from. And I was like, wow. It was like if you're in a boxing match with somebody and he drops his right and you're like, Are you kidding me? I can just throw this and I'm gonna <laughs> and I and I knew I was gonna say it. And I said it. It's the hardest. And he laughed so hard and it was so satisfying to make Patrice laugh that hard. That is the best. One of my favorite moments of my life was making him laugh that hard. Making other comics laugh is a great feeling, you know? Yeah. And my, I had a moment like that with Letterman. I was on Letterman once and I really surprised him um, and made him laugh really hard on the air. That was a good feeling because he was talking about, and I didn't know what I was going to say either. That's when, because I wasn't sure what, I just knew I was headed somewhere with Patrice. I was on Letterman on doing panel <clears throat> and he had his kid, uh, Henry, I think his name is. Yeah. And he's talking about, cause I was talking about my kids and he said, um, he said, see, I can't get my kid to eat anything. You know, we, I eat breakfast. We were at breakfast. I go, you want some eggs? And he goes, no, I don't want eggs. You want pancakes? No, I don't want pancakes. And he went, and I go, well, you're doing it all wrong, Dave. Like, and I really meant it, but I didn't know what I was, I didn't know what I was going to say. I said, you're doing it all wrong. And he goes, really? Tell me like every parent he goes, tell me. And I go, you make eggs. And you go, here's the eggs. That's what's for breakfast. And he goes, what if the kid says, I don't want them? You go, then you ask, what else do you want? What do you want? To do? <laughs> you want eggs? What else do you want? And I didn't know I was going to do that. But and he fucking, because he was really sincerely excited for a new idea. Yeah. And when I just bailed, he laughed so hard. And I felt like this is a great, that was like, that's like a top four moment of my whole, creatively anyway, in my career, you know. What was the thing, not to get like too interviewee, but like, what was the, why, why, when did you change in your stand up? Like, cause your stand up, I remember, I remember you made me laugh when I first started stand up. I was working the door at the Boston Comedy Club. You used to have a, you used to have a bit. Uh, I used to work in a diner. Yeah. I can, I can, I can talk diner talk. Like, give me an order. Give me an order. Do you oh, remember this bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do, can you do the bit to Halston. It's really amazing, Halston. You ever been to I a diner? I don't remember it. Do you I'll, do it? I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. I don't it. remember it. Um, Halston, give me a, like a diner order. This was Louis's bit. Uh, two eggs, bacon, hash browns. Okay, how do you want your eggs cooked? Uh, scrambled. Scrambled, okay. Do you want pancakes with that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so two eggs, scrambled, bacon, hash browns, and pancakes. Okay. Yes. All right. I need two monkeys riding sidecar. <laughs> Take a pig, fuck it, lay it down, put an apple in its mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I need an iris guy, throw water all over him, then chop him up in pieces. Yeah. And I need two big wheels. Big, did you want syrup on those? Uh, Yeah. Two big wheels and come all over their back. I also need scrambled eggs, bacon, hash browns. (laughs) That's right. Something like that, yeah. 
but you did it. I was silly back then. You were silly. silly. Yeah. You, what if you get to hell and you see a guy and oh yeah, that was that. See, that's when I started changing though. I think that was, but was that it, was silly too. The thing about it, was it still if, silly. if you're in hell and um, some guy comes up and goes, "Yeah, suck my dick," and you start sucking his demon's dick, but then somebody else walks up and goes, "You didn't have to." suck that guy's dick like he's just you know and they go hey man leave people alone you know like the idea that you, you need just to stand up for yourself you assume yeah man come on it's, it's pathetic hell. the idea that in hell you have some choices you know you didn't realize you it was blown a guy but like, like i remember seeing that and then i worked with you right when george was born the weekend hmm. george was born i worked with david tell and the very next weekend i worked with you i just had a kid i just had a kid and how I was old is george now then 18 wow okay she's in college Huh. Yeah. And I worked with you and I, I was, I was silly party frat. I was Dane Cook light. I was silly party frat boy. Yeah. The, we worked in Florida together. West Palm improv. That's right. Yeah. With Eric Meyer. Eric Meyer. Who's He's died. Away. Yeah. Sad man. Yeah. He was, he was, I didn't realize that he was fucking, he was hilarious on stage, but he was a hundred times funnier off stage. I remember that weekend because he was something special. Like I thought there was something, but he was taking uh Xanax. Yeah. Because he had uh, um stage fright. It's weird. There's a lot of comedians who are deathly afraid to be on stage. Like this is a thing. I've known a few really Mitch Hedberg was one. That's why he like drank to get, he would sh- tremble. He couldn't, he, he was like, it was, it was death to him being on stage, but he needed to be a comic. But if I had his so act, he started drinking and then he, and made, made his way to heroin, which killed him. But uh, Eric would, between every set, he was emceeing and you were in. We featuring. don't have to talk about him. He's dead. He's never going to hear this. What's no, that? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep going. Eric was, Eric you, was I remember uh, you really liked him. And he was just, he would pass out between sets. And I go, what, why do you pass out? And he said, cause my doctor told me to take, he went to a doctor who says, just take this, these drugs. I don't know what finally killed him. It was alcohol. Okay. He was walking down a highway. I'm pretty certain drunk and a car hit him. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, another one for you, you're not going to die. I well, that, especially when it's a drinker. That's, that's a right. double. That's right. And so I, uh, but I remember working with you going, telling everyone at the thing, hmm. Oh, you don't know who Louis CK is. He's fucking hilarious. No. You're gonna love it. And you had shifted, you had shifted your perspective. And I remember your first joke was, my daughter's an asshole. That's right. That was the big change was my, was my kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and it changed. You said you had a joke where you said, I don't get vacations, but you know that moment when you put your kid in the car seat and you walk behind the car to your driver's seat. Yeah. yeah. Well, was, I don't even know the joke, but that was my little vacation, a little time off. Yeah. yeah and I was, yeah, I was so tired. I was, I think I didn't live like a real life until I had kids, you know, cause I did comedy since I was, is 17 18 yeah and i had real jobs because i couldn't afford you know i wasn't supporting myself for a few years for a lot of years but i really having a kid just drains the life out of you and it really takes you close to that rot to that fucking craggy rock like your face is right there against the rock yeah and it's worth it's worth it i love my kids so you know that's living yeah you know um but yeah that's when i started that's when i and i also it wasn't just that i had also given up on being famous or it's for real. It. Yeah. And I really, that's when it happened. I was sure that it was too late and that I was doing stand up for a living and that I might as well keep doing it. I've been doing it my whole life. And, but I ain't never going to be famous. I'd seen so many guys that had started after me become famous and I'd seen kind of who makes it. And I just thought, 
I'm not, you know, I'm not as good as the guys who are great. And I'm not as who pr- pretty who as they? the guys like Chris Rock was so great to me. Back you were working then. on Chris Rock's screenplay that weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I was working for him and I just thought he got, I help guys like him. I help guys like him make it. It's never going to be me. Yeah. I was sure of that. And so that, I think that loosened up, you know, desire is no good for you. Hope and desire is not good for your is creatively it's not good for your voice you know it doesn't give you real ideas to talk about and it doesn't make you think like other people do and that's what they want to hear you know yeah i i i gave up i definitely had given up and i was yeah. like yeah 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 when before i started to succeed is when mm-hmm. i was like right when i got fired from travel channel i was like i was like you I, got I, fired from what travel channel from all those jumping oh, yeah, off okay. thing shows but i remember watching you that weekend and i was like i said i was probably dane cook light meaning like I, well, I, you were a bit you're a big guy with a big voice and you're yeah. an easy laugh like you were just like uh, 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 amiable and and you're funny i liked i liked watching you, you were well, but i remember uh leaving that weekend and going like being like because i just had a kid and i was mm-hmm. like i was like i remember thinking you made having a kid seem cool <laughs> uh, and, and, I, and i was really sad that i'd had a kid yeah. Because I was like, oh, so I guess my stand-up's over. Right. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. be a dad comic. <clears throat> right. And yeah. you made being a dad cool. And I, it wasn't until I worked with Ian Bag, and this is much later when I had, probably two years later, mm. when I did my first joke about my kids that was mm. a good joke. What but I didn't it? know it was a good joke. Ian Bag told me it was. What was it? Uh, my daughter was sticking her finger up her ass and put it in the dog's mouth. Mm-hmm. And they, they were like, you got to see Baby Isla's trick. And I was like, what is it? And they're like, it's better if we show you. <laughs> <laughs> and they did it. And I was like, what the fuck? What are you guys, Nazis? I was like, what the fuck? And they're like, dad, the dog doesn't know it's shit. I was like, what? And they're like, keeps doing it. Like, you think the dog would get it. And I'm like, okay, I wasn't watching the dog. Do it again. And then they did it again. And then I was like, shit, every fucking time? And they're like, it, we've been doing it all morning. Wow. And then Leanne came down and I was like, you got to see Baby Alice's new trick. She's like, what is it? And I was like, it's better if we show you. <laughs> but uh, but that was like the first transition of like, and it changed. I mean, I would argue, I would argue as, as an outsider and as a, definitely as a fan of yeah. stand up and you that that transition you made transitioned yeah. comedy in a big way. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's been waves of that, you know, like there's been people that have done that. I've seen, like, I remember Robert Schimmel. Do you know who Robert of course. Schimmel? Schimmel was like a real realist guy. He was living a normal guy life, but talking about it with a really filthy mouth. Yeah. And he was one of the best ever. And I got to watch guys like him. I'm definitely was, there's always been, you know, and I've seen people after me, like new comics who have had kids yeah, who have done jokes similar to the ones that I did. Yeah. And I don't, I just look at that. It like that's now that's their turn. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Their generation's doing it now. But, um, I took what you did and I think I doubled down and I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, I like that honesty and now I'm going to share everything. Yeah. And I think that was a mistake. I never talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big mistake. It is. You got to keep some stuff to yourself. I, everything. I did. It was, we had a fucking meltdown at the fucking airport today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause I've shared everything. I've shared everything. Right. So now people know my kids and they know my oh, wife. Yeah. That's bad. It's, yeah. it's not the best. Yeah. No, I don't recommend that so much. I think I, I, if I could do it over again, I probably would have named my, Itself something else on my show when I had a show. Oh yeah, and I think I would have pr- played it a little closer to the best. Uh, if I, yeah, if I, I mean, I, now that I know that I could just tell a story, yeah, I would have definitely. But I, I don't know. I, I there's a, another part of me that thinks there's certain things I shared that maybe were too much. But like, you know, I talked about Isla when she got her period. I talked about her on Conan. 
Yeah, that's tough, man. That's I don't talk about my kids anymore. Yeah. I mean, they're older now. How old? Um, 17 and 20. Oh, really? <clears throat> yeah. And so, but anyway, I stopped a few years ago. So you just had, so your wife was pregnant when I, when we worked together. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with the second one. God damn it. Yeah. Years and years go by, man. It's insane how. They go by and they go by and then you die and then your kids die. <laughs> yeah. It's hey. not, you know, it's not being dead. Being dead is nothing. Why don't it's the transition is scary to think about. The, the, no, it was scary. Yeah. What's scary is the moment you're in the bed and everyone's the looking bed, at that's you. That's where you see it happening? And you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's standing around. You. Happened to your friend in the street, though. Did he die when yeah, the car hit him? He died there. He died there. Were you there? Uh, yeah, I think. I was Did you go over and look? Was he like this on the pavement? Uh, no, I, no, I walked away. I walked away and I said, he's going to be fine. I, I, it's really crazy. I'm really good. Not... I'm really good in stressful moments yeah. of absolute denial. Yeah, you disassociate. Disassociate. Yeah. I go, he's going to be fine, guys. He's going to be fine. People get hit by cars right. all the time. All the time. I walked to the fraternity house, and they were like, he's dead. And I was like, he's not <laughs> dead, guys. No one's talked to a doctor. Yeah, man, this is your I thing. I got into a fist fight that night. I was with uh, this um, a friend of mine. She used to be my girlfriend, this French woman. She's great. great. She's like my best friend. But we were together. Is this for, a chick you dated? Yeah, she, we were together for a couple of years. Did you live in France when when things got weird? No, no. I went there I, I went there to on a trip, and I met her. So we had a long-distance relationship, though. But I, I did French spend some time French there. women. I never got to have a French woman. She's the greatest. She's my favorite person. Like, did she do stuff like wake up, wake up naked and light a cigarette and go, <laughs> I need a coffee and a glass of wine? <laughs> no, no. No, but she was very French. Wait, how did you hang out with a French woman? Because you're pretty, like, American. I'm very American. Like, you're like, yeah. I need a Cinnabon. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very American. But no, I like Europe, though. I like I it. I love Europe. Yeah. Do you tour there? I'm going there tonight. It's great. Where leave, are you going? I go to Oslo tonight. Oh, Oslo's I leave great. In, I leave at three o'clock. That's Oslo's a great town. Yeah, you know what we're doing tomorrow? We're getting a boat with a sauna on it. Yeah, of course, you're doing a whole thing. And yeah. we're doing... Ju- <laughs> you don't just go to Oslo. No, no. No, you have a whole thing. You have barbecue things and you have a do you whole know? Do you hang. know what I, I don't do? do? I just go with the thing. Do you know what I could shows. do with your talent? Like, if I was as good a stand-up as you... I'd be playing fucking stadiums. I used to play stadiums. I know, but I'd be doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think about, no, I'm not thinking if I was you. I think if yeah. I had your talent. Right. right. God, if I was half the fucking comic you are. You're, I'm, you're I'm very, very as, funny, Bert. I'm you're very fucking, funny. Um, thank you. Thank you very much, Louis. You are. The, um, wait, so go back to the French chick. So we were sitting in a uh, restaurant in Paris, and she had her back to the window, to the, you know, the, the street. I was looking at the street behind her traffic. Yeah. And we're talking. And this guy uh, pulls up to park a scooter. And then a car comes and just fucking just T-bones him. And he goes up and falls. Like he twirls in the air and falls. Yeah. And I went, oh, shit. And you heard people scream and stuff. Yeah. And I go, she, and she goes, what happened? She doesn't look. I said, this guy just got creamed by a car. <laughs> and she goes, yeah, but he's okay, right? <laughs> And I go, I don't think so. And I'm looking and somebody's like, and the guy's like trembling and stuff. And somebody's carrying him on the sidewalk. And I go, he's hurt really bad. And she goes, he's fine. Everything, he, everything's okay. Everything's okay. And then she starts going, everything's okay. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. Starts singing the song. And I was like, wow, you're insane. You're insane. It was a really weird realization. Like, wow, that's, that's how you coped. But then later, um, a few years later, <clears throat> I was on 
about eight grams of mushrooms. <laughs> and she was there with me and I looked at her and I remembered that moment. And I said, that's so funny that I thought there was something wrong with you in that moment. Of course you were the only sane person in the whole, like yeah. if on mushrooms, I remembered that moment yeah. and realized she was right. Everything was okay. Everything's okay. Yeah. Yeah. He got hit. So what? He's on a scooter. He got hit. His leg will be, he'll be in physical therapy for a few months. Yeah. Or he might die. He might get a blood clot and die. Who fucking cares? Everything's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Everything works out, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not as afraid of things as I used to be. Like, like I don't get as anxious about the world. Like if every, if we decide to blow each other up, like to just blow up the world. Yeah. That's what we did. That's what we did. There'll be from, if you go to the real wide shot, like space and the earth is this big, yeah. it'll, you'll just sort of, somebody looking at it will be like, what's going on there? And then everybody dies on it and it doesn't change. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's not that much to worry about. There's a lot to worry about. I think you I, don't have to worry about it though. Yeah. Yeah. You're you going to look, you're going to, not only are you going to die, you're going to be nothing like you never were anything. But that should make you less concerned. I mean, you just all you have. So then, is, why? So then, so then, so then, theoretically, why don't I live like a Viking and just go and suck and fuck? Because that's and not kill. that much fun. It's you feel you feel more and you experience more by living a normal life, a, a normal, average wide shot life. Is you feel more, you get more out of it. Yeah, but there is an the, argument for being a life that's exciting. Uh is temporary like it's temporary it leaves you dry leaves you you know what i mean that's why you're afraid of death yeah because you're playing fucking baseball stadiums and you're flying around in private jets i've been there it takes it 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 doesn't life doesn't compare well and it's those exciting moments are very quick they don't remember them that much you're not going to remember them that much yeah you know uh it's really the it's like just like sitting with your uh, daughter waiting for to be called to the you know, whatever, to the thing, whatever. You take your kid to sign up for something. And I'm not just saying the magic of being a parent or something, but it's just a, a sober, regular, boring, a boring life is, a, is that's special. So then give me, give me like, give me like one, like I, I'd say like a stadium shot, meaning uh-huh. like, you know how like people, you do an arena and you're like, I'll get one picture. Like those stadium shot moments. Cause you're right. I don't, I, I don't like the, my favorite one ever <clears throat> was in mm-hmm. Tallahassee with the spear leading everyone in the war chant, but I don't really remember it. Right. You don't have it in your head anymore. I can't access it. I no. can't feel the thing I felt there. Right. But I do, I do have moments in life where I access like when George, Georgia wore that wonder woman costume. Yeah. The, I mean, I can feel this very, she, the boots that were portrayed on Amazon yeah. were just, they just covered up sneakers. Yeah. And her heart was broken. She thought she got real boots. She got and like when you saw her heartbroken. I went, hold on, ooh, I can feel it. Like I go, we can yeah. fix this. We can fix. I I can access that emotion immediately, but I can't access the big. No, that's because that's a very beautiful moment for your wife. Who's your wife? Georgia, my youngest. My when she oh, got when her one, she one, got yeah one of them costume. She okay, for see, now you year. fucked me up because you're yeah. talking about your wife trying to yeah, yeah. fuck you in a Wonder Woman outfit. <laughs> yeah, I and then she I finds out. pollinated. Yeah, but like I remember that feeling of Georgia not that, having no the right that boots. that's a uh, that's a forever feeling, right? But this these stadium feelings are not like I did Madison Square Garden. I don't know eight times in my life, and 
I remember every show after the show, I would look up, I'd watch the guys clean up and stuff. And I'd look at it and I'd go like, I want to feel something. I couldn't feel anything. It's like, it's just a day at work. I live downtown. I took the subway and I do MSG like it was my job. And I yeah. just go home. But I, and I go, is this special? This is supposed to be that's special. That's exactly the first time but I did the, the Wilbur. I didn't I was, feel that way. I sat in the back and I went, my, I feel like I should be high-fiving someone. Yeah. And as soon as you just did your job. But then, and I don't really remember those shows. And then years later, all this shit, my ability to do things like that went away. I lost everything. And then I went to see Bob Seger at Madison Square Garden as a spectator. And I just went with my friend Joe and... Um, Joe we, List? Yeah, Joe List. And Joe Mackey, too. I went to, with two Joes to see Bob Seger, who I grew up high school. Bob Seger was the soundtrack to my Night high school. Moves. Yes, Yes, down on Main Street. Rambling, Grambling Man. Rambling, Rambling Man. That's my, my, one of my best promo videos was Rambling, Rambling Man. Oh, it's just the it's greatest... The fucking, yeah. So I went to see him. I'd never seen him live. And this was his last show. At, he announced this is his last show at the garden. And so I'm sitting there and he, and he comes out and he's singing all the songs. And it's a beautiful show. He has 14 guys on stage. And you don't know why. And you realize there's two bass players, two good that stand next to each other. And he goes, he introduces them. He goes, this is Mike, whatever he was from. He was with me since 1962. And next to him is a young man who's, uh, you know, coming up. He, basically, he keeps his band together, but they can't play anymore. They're too old. They're all in their 70s. Yeah. But he keeps them there. But he has, they each have like a partner guy, like a young guy who's really playing. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm watching that show. And I realize I think that he and I are the only two people in this room who have been on that stage. Like we're the only two people who have headlined this room. And I'm just sitting here in seat number whatever. And I got really sad. And I was just crying. And also his music is very emotional. Yeah. So I called Blanche, my French gal friend, and I said, I told her how sad I was. And she said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge you and tell you you weren't sad. I'm gonna tell you it was joy because you were finally able to see the beauty of what you did in that room. You were finally able to, because the, the garden is, when you're sitting in it, it's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful place. Yeah. And she said, you were, you're finally, after all these years, able, because now that you've come down and you're standing on the earth again, you're able to see that it's so awesome that you did that, that it's so incredible that you did that. When you're in it, you can't. There's no drag on your wings. You're in the stratosphere. But when you're, you come back down, you can go, I can't believe I was fucking there. I can't believe I was there. And I'm going back. I'm doing it one more time. We should talk about that. We should yeah. definitely talk about that. Hold on. I want to, I, this French chick sounds fucking awesome. She's the best. She's the best person I know. Have yeah. you seen, have you seen the, the morning show with Jennifer Aniston? No. <laughs> no. No. Steve Carell in that plays Matt Lauer. Okay. And he gets canceled. Yeah. And he goes to Italy. Uh -huh. And he meets this Italian chick. It's, uh -huh. it's the same girl that was in. Do you remember Hot Shot Hot Shots with Martin? Sure, yeah, her. Martin, I remember her. Yeah, Isabella, she's really funny. I Isabella something. Yeah, I she's forget. fucking beautiful. Yeah, beautiful to uh -huh. this day. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And uh, but there's a European way of looking at at cancel culture that seemed very sexy. That I was like, mm. okay, that's where you go. Well, Europe has got its own thing now. It's okay. got its own cancel -y stuff. For real? Oh, sure, yeah. It's all over the world. Is it? Oh, because they're all going alt-right, right? Well, I don't know. The, 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 we have a tendency to people start, you know, like there's words that that are in French, you, American words that are making their way into the language. Like problematic. 
is they say it in French. They don't have a French for it. For real. Je suis problematic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we're, we're that so, so we're, they're a little behind, but yeah, they got their own shit going on. Yeah. Juliana Mark. There's this, this is a really great show, by the way. I've never I, seen it's, it. It's really fucking great. She's not the one you're talking about though, right? She's not from Hot Shots. Mm, Juliana Mark. No, 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 no. It is, uh, Isabella. Scroll down. It's, where is she? It's going to be maybe even lower. I forget yeah. where she where she is. That's her, no. Valerie Galino. Oh, is that her? Okay, yeah. yeah, okay. She was from Hot Shots. Part That's right. Deux. Yeah, that was such a great fucking movie. Yeah. Did we? Can I ask you? I hope you don't. We can edit this out if you don't want it. But yeah. what did, where did you? Did you when you had that year off? Mm. Did you go anywhere? Did you like? Did you go no, to I Europe? Just <clears throat> stayed home and was with my kids and stuff. For real? Just stayed home. Yeah, I mean, I had to be. You know, my kids were with me half of every week. Where I was. Oh, you saw to be a. Oh my God! Yeah, so it's just that's being so a, crazy. Being You're still to be a parent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you got you to, to tap a... out and go get fucking drunk and no. do drugs in South Africa for a year. No, I'd be a dad. And um, oh fuck, live that. life. And I have a dog. And oh, <laughs> you still have a dog? Sure. You don't throw your dog in the garbage. When... <laughs> no, I just think I'd, there's a point where you set the dog on the couch. You're like, look, things have gone yeah. sideways. No, I, but it has. Think... That's otherwise I wouldn't have made it. I don't think. For real? Sure. Yeah. No, I needed life, my normal life. Yeah. Really. How long did it take? How long did it take for you to bounce back? A uh, couple of years from now. <laughs> so uh, Madison Square Garden. Yeah. So I'm going back there. Back so wait, there. wait, what gives you? Where's your brain? Your brain mm. has never been on the on page with Hollywood. Like your no. brain has always been a little outside. Mm -hmm. You were the first one to release on your your special on your website. That's right. Uh, Horace and Grant, or Horace, Horace and Pete. Horace and Pete. Yeah. Horace Grant's a basketball player. Yeah, he's good. Horace one. and Pete. Uh, I mean, you helped launch so many people that were struggling. Yeah. Like uh, like some some shows, and then right. I like uh, I don't want to say Tig's name because I know she kind of threw you no, under the bus, but right. one Mississippi you helped launch. Yeah. Uh, Zach Galifianakis's baskets. That's right. You brought back Louis Anderson. I mean, these, so yeah. many big things where it's almost like, and then just even like the side thing. Like I remember being like. Someone was like, did you see the latest episode of Louie? I was like, why? And they're like, his wife's black. And I yeah, go, yeah, yeah. I go, wait, <laughs> I, how can that happen? Yeah, Susan Kalechi Watson. She's and they're like, great. they go, Louie said it, she was the best actress for the job. Yeah, I wanted to, I, I didn't I want a black wife. I just wanted, we're looking at the, we're having people come in and they, they all look the same and they all kind of sound the same. And I thought, can we open it up racially? Let's just get some black, just so with different voices, different colors, different different attitudes, a, 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 an ex-wife, by the way. Yeah. And so I thought an ex, a black ex-wife, that's interesting. So we had some black women come in and then she just was, as soon as I saw her, it just, the concerns about what race she is or whatever just melted away. It, and I, it was bizarre. I just thought she was so good. It was bizarre because all of a sudden you don't, and not say that you don't see color because you always do, I guess is what you're yeah. supposed to say. But like, I just was like, oh, that's the, it, 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 I, I didn't get hung up the way I thought I'd be hung yeah, up. Yeah, you you know, there everything on TV is a buy-in. It's all fake. You're not really watching what you think you're watching. Yeah. So you do something that's a little illogical, but there's funny behind it, like it's on the way to something funny. The audience is so good. Audiences are really sophisticated. So they look at it and they go, what? Um, all right. It's just yeah. a blip. And then they accept it. You know, yeah. it's impossible. The kids were white and she, you know, they would have had some pigment. 
They well, didn't. But no. so, so who gives a shit? So then, so you were saying, I don't know, you, I don't know how much you want to share about this because you, you said it to me and I thought that was really fascinating. Mm-hmm. You're doing Madison Square Garden in the round. Yeah. I'm, so I, uh, so I'm doing it on January 28th and I'm, I'm going to, uh, live stream it on my website. Um, <clears throat> and it's my first time back there. I've done some big rooms. I've been touring a lot last few years. Yeah. I've done two specials. Uh, uh, one, one, a Grammy. one, one, a Grammy. The other second one got nominated. Um, how, how good did that Grammy feel? It was nice. You know, when I used to win awards, I didn't, I just found it awkward. I didn't really care about it, but this one was, was very nice. I bet. I wasn't there. I was just, you know, my assistant. It was 2020? Uh, 21. 21. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was pandemic stuff? Uh, no, nothing much about it. A few no, no, bits. no, no, no. Huh? I, meant, I meant you could, couldn't be there because of the pandemic. No, I just didn't want to go. <laughs> I just didn't want to go to the Grammys. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I just award shows are drag, you know, I love them. Do would, you? I've never been to one, I but I would, to, I, would, I, I would think it would be cool. It's fun to look at the, when your first year, like when I first was on, uh, uh um, getting nominations, Emmys. On my, Emmys, it was fun to go to the Emmys and look at the famous. Well, you have six Emmys. Yeah. Six. Fuck. And three Grammys, I guess. Um, but it, um, but anyway, so yeah, so the, so I'm, I'm, I don't remember what I'm, I'm you're I've, asking me. I've, I'm live streaming the show on my website. So, so you could, so it's going to be on January 28th. And, uh, I hadn't been back to the garden, but I, I, I want to do it one more time. I'm not going to do it again after this. I don't think, I think this is my last time doing something that big because, because I want it to be special. Cause it's, you know, yeah. I just want to go back one more time and it's in the rounds. So the audience is all around us and uh, me and, um, uh, and it's going to be live streaming on my website. So you can watch it live on my website, like so a fight, the, like the a cameras fight. that will be shooting this in the round. will yeah. be going straight to your website, straight to the website and you can watch it live or you can watch it for like another 10 days. I'll leave it up for like 10 days and then I'm taking it down. It's just like a live event thing. That's and then I'll have a special of the same material yeah. that I'm actually shooting this weekend in a, at the Dolby in LA where they should, where they do the Oscars. Yeah. I'm doing two shows there tomorrow and the next night. And those I'm shooting as a proper special, like, you know, with two shows and cameras flying around and that that'll be more like the album. You know what I yeah. mean? What are you doing? But the 28th, that'll be, it's 25 bucks and you can watch it. And I have Keith Robinson's opening for me. It'll all be in the show. Really? And then I also have, um, this is kind of cool. Um, uh, Ravi Coltrane, who is John Coltrane's son, uh-huh. great sax player, great, has this trio. And I saw them in a club in New York. And uh, and I was like, this guy's amazing. And I had this weird idea. What if he opened for me at the garden? What if I had the, these guys playing for me, before me in the garden? And I did, but I thought, I'm not going to say anything. But so I walked up to him after the show to say, hey, I enjoyed the music. And he said, I'm going to see you at Madison Square Garden. He had no. tickets. So I said, you want to play? And he said, yeah. So he's playing. So there'll be a little bit of jazz, like about 10 minutes of jazz. Right before you go on or right before before me? Right before me. Really? Because I want the audience to be listening to him. I'm more excited about that than my own show. Is this guy playing this jazz, this weird, freaky jazz for fucking, it's about 18, 19,000 people. Yeah. The, that's, that's. You're you you've you know, I mean I I hate to say this but like my as a comic my brain immediately wants to ask you the micro questions yeah. because it's all yeah. the stuff we'll be doing in the future like you were the first yeah. person to kind of eliminate audience shots mm-hmm. and I remember going there's no audience shots in this yeah there's no point yeah there's no point Cosby did it too Cosby himself is like one of the best 
uh, stand up films ever. And he just yeah. sits in a chair. You never see the audience. He's going on never. tour. Yes, I heard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And prior, prior, uh, my favorite of all time is prior, uh, uh, what do you call it? Live in concert. Yeah. And that one, I don't think there's much in the audience. There's some like big shots of the whole, and I do that, you know? Yeah, a big uh, wide. Yeah. But yeah. you, I, I don't like specific audience. But I, well, I only do I it like because I watched yours and I was like, oh, there's no audience shots. Yeah. You were also the first person to go back to clubs and do a, a special at clubs. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I was that. Uh, you were. And Ryan I, Regan has one of his best specials is at the Improv. Imp- Irvine Improv. That's a great at, Irvine, special. Yeah, yeah, that's like his, I mean, he's one of the best ever. He is. Brian Regan made me laugh harder than most people like him, Norm and Zach, I think are the ones that like made my fucking gut move the hardest. Zach, Leanne's not a big laugher. Uh She just doesn't like a lot of times she'll go, I don't get it. And which makes me incensed. I go try. Yeah. Like listen to it again. Right. Like she likes, she likes to dismiss things. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if it's, I think there's a power in, in that. Sometimes well, people get, com- get laughing at comedy is a uh, it's surrendering. Yeah, yeah. And so I think she likes, and she did not. Zach got up and played the piano. Daniel mm-hmm. Tosh opened went before Zach, and she where on what isn't when we were kids. Okay, and uh, Daniel Tosh went up before. And, he's twenty two. I oh, like Daniel. God, it bums me out that I don't that he's not. He's living his life. He's got tons of money. He doesn't need to go tour the way he it's used to. It's too bad. He was but really he's so great talented. Stand-up. Great stand-up. He's so talented. Mm-hmm. So talented. And he opened his set by mocking me, by mm-hmm. going, oh, my name's Bert. Oh. <laughs> and Leanne goes, he's doing your act. I go, no, he's not. He's not doing my act. <laughs> I was like, in the back, I was like, just shut up and fucking listen. Just, mm-hmm. it's, he's, um, he's nice. He's my friend. And then she was like, I don't like him. And then Zach went up. She's like, is he just going to play the piano? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. And then one joke, he had one joke that he said, it was the last joke he said, he goes, well, you know, it's time to do laundry when you get out of the shower and dry off the shoe. <laughs> and Leanne goes, now he's funny. I went, I wish you had that energy at the beginning when he started speaking. <laughs> yeah. And then you could have enjoyed all of it. Yeah. But like, but like, yeah, the, uh, those, I mean, but you club specials, yeah, club yeah. specials. Yeah. You did the, yours at the improv, right? I did. Or no, the, the, the store, store, the store, the comedy store. I did one there. Yeah. So what? So what? What are you artistically as a director doing with this special different than your last special? Well, round specials in the round are great because the audience is all around you. They're like you, you're look. The camera's looking at you, and the audience is all behind you. People shoot it in the round and just don't turn. Oh no, that's insane. No, you have. It's like a, that's what I thought. It's like a Mazda uh, rotary engine. Like you have, you have all these cameras set up, and they don't see each other. It's a perfect way to shoot a special because you just the cameras can't see each other. Yeah, and that there's no effort in that because you just have them off axis from each other. And wherever you look, there's a camera. You're never not fully frontal. Yeah, everywhere you look, there's one there, there's one there, and behind you is audience. So it's not like where you're shooting the guy on stage than the audience the guy and you try to do side shots where the guy's here and the audience is here yeah and those never work yeah so and the uh, guy the comedian always looks a little isolated on stage so it's a little there's something about specials they never quite look good but round specials are kind of perfect they look beautiful i did mine at the um celebrity theater in phoenix where tom just shot his that's where and also nate did one nate bargazzi did his there and the first guy to do it was carlin carlin's best special to me and I forget what it's called, but it's in that theater on that stage. And they haven't changed that place at all. At all. That's no. the hardest I've ever seen Shane Gillis kill. 
mm-hmm. and like and Shane's uh Shane's great. Yeah, he's the. There's no way to. The only thing you can I can quantify. I like to see him blow up the way he's blowing up, and I like to see him yeah. get more confident with his material and take bigger chance. I like that. Yes. The best thing about Shane was when I first met him, and he was just like an open micer. And you saw the funny thing that he doesn't didn't know was funny yet, right? And you go, oh, this guy's funny. Yeah, he's a little a victim of his own act a little bit. Like he isn't altogether comfortable up there, but I think no. that that's good. I agree. I think he needs to stay that way. He got a standing ovation he, open opening for me at the Celebrity Theater. He got oh, a standing great ovation. Great. Oh yeah, if you're Shane, if you're me, and you got to go up next, you're like, <laughs> oh, am I going to put on no, two shirts? All good am for I you. Take off two shirts. <laughs> Jesus fuck. He got. He didn't know he was getting that's it. That's Good for you. He goes, man. You know, Shane, hand behind his back. All right, thanks. And they stood up, and he went, oh. And then he looked around, and he started walking off. We're like, go, go. You're getting a standing fucking ovation. Yeah. He destroyed me and him. Are doing uh. We're doing the mullet arena mullet arena in Tempe. Oh, that's great. We're doing, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I'll say, you know, look, obviously is I, is it a sports arena who play? Is it a, how big is it? It's 5,000. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. It's great. It's size. hockey. Yeah. yeah. And so we're doing February. I mean, I, I would, I would, I would, I have to be honest and say it's a testament to Shane and Mark Normand. Yeah. As I put them on the bill, you know, a year ago and said, yeah. you know, Hey, let's, let's go to the Super Bowl. It's right. the weekend of the Super Bowl. I said, we'll do a show Friday night. Mm-hmm. And then I, I mean, I, I definitely sell tickets, but these guys are blowing up sitting now at a clip that yeah. we're doing, I think five nights. That's great. Fucking, oh, that's great. And, and, and I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, well, I got to write my new hour really fucking quick. Yeah. If I'm going to follow these guys. Yes. Cause they're, they're fucking, well, that's good. That's why it's good to have strong openers. It's like sparring partners. It makes you better. Yeah. And it makes your audience happy. The audience the is, is going to be comedians very have a disillusion. We have this idea that if a guy kills, you can't follow him, but it's better for you. Oh, oh, well, the uh, uh, of, hold on. You get insecure, but the audience doesn't. There was, I'll tell you a story about a guy I know who, uh, I ran into him in Minneapolis and he said, I say, hey, man, you want to do 10 minutes? And he said, are you sure? And I thought he was saying it because he had been canceled. And I was like, no, man, I think my fans love you. It was you. <laughs> and, and I go, and I was like, Louie, no and, and I was like, yeah. I was like, and I was, and as you walked out, I was like, isn't that weird that Louie would, th-? I go, my fucking fans love Louie. Like, of course. And they go, that's what I, and this is what I meant. No, but then they said, like, are you sure you want me on stage? Then they said, well, you could also go, you do have to follow Louis yeah, CK you, and you, I tell the truth. Yeah. You murdered for 10 minutes. I had a good set. Your audience was amazing. They, well, it was the greatest treat in the world is they're out to see a comedy show and, and they're like, holy fucking shit. Louis CK's here. They went bananas. And I remember going, did he take his shirt off? Like, (laughs) why is this this really loud? Is he taking shirts off through his whole thing? How come it's getting so good? And then I got out and I was like, I was like, oh, fucking struggled for the first five minutes. You did great. I watched your whole set. And then I told you, I said, you're, you told me one of my jokes that I, and I did my special. It was something about a you uh, sign, a deaf kid sign. Yeah, what was the joke? It's, it's very uh, well, funny. It's, it's about my, your daughter saying something about the deaf kid sign. It's right? uh, it was in my special, so I'll, I'll yeah, it, yeah, I'll let them see it. Okay, but it's, it's uh, very funny. I laughed at a lot of stuff in that set. It was really good. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, so it, it is. I like I personally, we do a fully loaded tour every year mm-hmm. where we bring. We did it with a tell last year. We do. Yeah, we bring like ten comics, do tour buses, right open invite by the way I'll, I'll i'll tell you what i'll put out an offer when we start doing offers i'll put out an offer i, I have I, well, I have two i have two hang on don't don't say no i have two 
Yeah. I have two that I think you'd really like to do. That would be really fun. And I think we'd all have a blast. I can't do it though, because the show at the garden is going to be my last show. I mean, I am stopping after that. No. Yeah. Because Wait, what do you mean? Well, because first of all, it's going to be live. It's going to be live on my website. You're stopping stand up after it. Well, for at least a, a year, I'm taking a year off. I think. What? But also, cause I'm not going to have any jokes. I'm going to have burnt. All the jokes are going to be seen on the special on the 28th. Yeah, but you, so me, I can't tour after that. I you, have to shut down. All you got to do is 15 minutes. I got. I don't have fifteen minutes Me, of jokes. Shame. No, I need a break. We'll party. We'll party our balls great. off. We'll party uh, you our know, balls off. Look, but that's like going back in time. Like that's what it felt like when I went to Minneapolis. Yeah. Because I had been in this crazy thing of. Touring. I remember you telling me a lot of like really kind of sage things. I used to do arenas and stuff. All you that. You told stuff. me that yeah. you go. You're doing arenas. I said yeah. yeah. And you go. It's for you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The audience is not. It's not. It's fun. Like wow, look, I'm in an arena, but the audience is like, I can't even see him. <laughs> You're, you're, you're walking to see a comedian. You shouldn't have to walk up a big cement ramp <laughs> and like sit in a fucking bleacher seat, holding a, a cup with a basketball player on it. Like Duncan, like, and you're watching him really on a, like a TV above your head yeah. and he's this big and there's people talking. That's a shitty show. Tampa. People, I'm going to be at the Emily arena, February 17th. Yeah. I think a comedian who gets an opportunity to do arenas, you should do it once. It's, and again, it is for you. It's also this, a way to yeah. make a shit ton of money. You make so much that you can fly in private jets and it's actually economical suddenly, like cheaper to fly in a jet because <laughs> yeah. you can do more shows. You can do like five arenas in five nights. It's, but it's insane. It's a, it's a, it's, you're not, you have no, there's, there's no friction. There's no, it's just life gets crazy. Yeah. You should do it once. I'm doing, this is my arena because you're, tour. But then the next tour, you should do theaters. Cause if you're a fan, you watch the guy every time he comes to town, you know, if you're in yeah. Minneapolis, you see him come to the Acme every year and then you go, he's at the Pantages now. That's cool. He's at and then the state theater. And then he plays the fucking Timberwolves stadium. I'm playing there. And you go there as a fan, you go, huh? Okay, good for you, Bert. I'm happy for you. But the next year, if he's at the Timberwolves, you don't see him again there. You'll see him at the Pantages every time he comes, yeah. your favorite comedian. I, this but you're is, not going to go see him at the fucking arena every year. Tom did his arena tour, was coming everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then I'm doing Tops Off as my arena tour starting in February. And then I and then I think, I think uh, I would love to say I'm done for a year, but I, I don't have that brain. I can't. Yeah, I need it. I need the time off. I need the time. And I also want to put a lot of pressure on that show. That show's a very special thing to me, this show on the 28th. Um, I'm going to watch it. I'll be in London. Yeah, I'm going to watch stream it. it. It's going to be cool, I think. It'll I will be watch, fun. We'll watch and it's, I'm going to put everything I got back in it just into that show and it being in the garden one more time and knowing I'm never going to do something this big again. What do you wear? I'll never do a show with that many people. What do you wear? A suit? No, no, never. Just, no. just something like this, yeah. I remember you did one special and you had a stain on I your shirt. <laughs> Yeah, I always look like shit on stage. There's I no did, way around it. I did a special. I did Hey Big Boy, and I did. I got to. Uh, we went into the edit. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, the second show is the best, and they're like, eh, you have a big mustard stain on your pants. I was like, <laughs> huh? And Leanne's like, remember you needed hot dogs, and I was like, no one would have just noticed that there was mustard yeah. on my fucking pants. Well, when I did the special for Netflix, uh, I wore a suit. It's the only time I ever did that, and my collar popped out of the suit, and it was doing this. For the entire second show and it was the best show and we paid a guy to delete it to there's a, i mean you can catch it in some shots that the collar is a little funny looking really but a, a nerd just went through the entire show and erased the sticking out collar it's very expensive um what time is your show tonight no show tonight or tomorrow tomorrow, tomorrow. tomorrow i'm at the dolby 
I don't know. It's like seven thirty or eight. I don't fucking know. Two shows. One yeah, two one Saturday, one Sunday. Ugh. And then uh and then I go all over. I'm doing the Chicago Theater, I'm doing the, you know, uh Austin City Limits, whatever the movie. You're, oh, you're on tour until January. Yeah, 28th. then I do then I'm doing a shitload of shows. I'm doing the I'm going back to the Constitution Hall in DC. It's great. That's Eddie Murphy. Love shot. that place. Yes. Delirious I shot there. a special there too, yeah. You did too? That, that's where I did the Netflix one. Yeah, it was in that theater. It's a great fucking theater. Yeah, it's like it's like a little, little arena. It is. It's really intimate. Uh, and then I'm doing uh, Constitution the, the lyric, Hall. yeah. Then I'm doing the lyric in Baltimore, but I'm doing like a shit ton of shows. Lyric's St. Great. St. Louis, I'm doing New Orleans, Mobile. Um, so, and then it all ends that night at the at the Garden. God. The, yeah. Well, uh, I've, there's a, a number of things I'm proud of achieving in this business, but number one is being your friend it's really cool to know you uh same here Bert. it really is i had such a good time in minneapolis because i came there i was doing a theater next door i was doing a much smaller theater and with uh <laughs> with joe Mackey and morgan, morgan murphy morgan murphy and uh we're doing our theater and i was happy to be there it took me a while to get back to the place i'm doing theaters again uh, but it, but my shows are feel a little they feel good and humble you know and it was fun to come to your, and you've got this fucking bus and like <laughs> big barrels with uh, uh, charcoal in them. You're making barbecues. One of your comics is making barbecue Dave meat Williamson, all night. Yeah. yeah. And it was such a scene and you're, and you just seemed happy and everybody was, every, everybody's happy to be on this big tour with you, you know? And uh, so it was really fun. And to get to go on stage, it was really great. Oh, you and feel, feel that kind of crowd again. Because that it, it, I have, I'm having great shows. But that thing, that feeling of like, he's the guy, he's the guy. We love that guy. <laughs> yeah. That you get your first big tours. Yeah. That you don't get that back. You're not going to have that your whole life. Yeah. You're not going to need it your whole life. I don't need that anymore. I actually like working without it. Yeah. But it was really fun to feel. like It was a real gift you gave me to just hop on your horse for a minute and go like, this is, this is fun. Well, That's cool. I'm, I'm really happy for you that you're getting to have that. Well, I just know that we've all been watching the path your horse takes through the jungle and mm. following it our entire career. <laughs> so yeah, be careful, man. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't follow that horse right over the fucking cliff. Baby. There's quicksand out there. <laughs> There's a lot of quicksand, believe me. And it's not so sexy. Thank you, Louie. Sure, man. Thank you. Bert and Tom, Tom and Bert. One goes topless while the other wears a shirt. Tom tells stories and Bert's the machine. There's not a chance in hell that they'll keep it clean. Here's what we call Two Bears, One Cave. No scripts, a bit of booze, amateur fartology. Dirty jokes, raunchy humor, no apologies. Here's what we call Two Bears, One Cave.